Welcome to this first episode of Internet of the Mind podcast. I'm Don Carter. We're glad you could make it. The Internet of the Mind podcast is about the role of our subconscious mind in constructing our world in a way that suits our internal functioning and how you can change your internal functioning at the biological level in order to improve your external functioning, thereby bringing more serenity and success into your life. The neural networks of our brain and central nervous system are comparable to but infinitely more sophisticated than the fiber optic network connecting millions of computers together in a single network that we've come to know as the Internet. One main difference is that instead of millions of computers, our brain has up to 100 billion computers, called neurons, all connected together in a biological network that would put AT&T to shame. And just like the internet, our brain has networks embedded in networks, embedded in networks, and so forth. A neural network is a cluster of neurons connected together to form a database of encoded information such as thoughts, feelings, beliefs, programmed reactions, emotions, and even physiological data. Neural networks are the actual biological location of change. Change does not take place without the rewiring of existing neuronal connections or creation of entirely new connections. We call these biological changes learning something new. And it matters not if it's good or bad learning. Sooner or later, new learning moves from inside physical changes, neuronal connections, to outside physical changes, actual behavior. This is why we can literally become what we think about most of the time. If we frequently ruminate about depressive or obsessive thoughts, we are building a neurological database for depression or obsession and can experience everything that goes with it. If we think of each brain cell or neuron as a computer and a neuron's dendrites and axons as the fiber optics, then just try to fathom this. There are up to 100 billion neurons in our brain. Each network in our brain has up to 100,000 dendrites, making over 100 trillion constantly changing connections. According to John Rattay, MD, author of A User's Guide to the Brain, there are more possible ways to connect the brain's neurons than there are atoms in the universe. These connections guide our bodies and behaviors, even as every action we take physically modifies those patterns. He goes on to say, thanks to some sharp imaging technology and brilliant research, we now have proof that network development is a continuous, unending process. Axons and dendrites and their connections can be modified up to a point, strengthened, and even perhaps regrown. This is on page 20 of A User's Guide to the Brain by John Rattay. Now, each network has a function. We have simple networks for daily routines like how to tie our shoes, how to brush our teeth, how to shave, and more complex networks for such things as how to do relationships, how to perform various duties at work, how to drive a car, how to read, who I am, belief systems. Neural networks are why you don't have to relearn everything, such as the alphabet, every time you want to read a book. Let's do a little network demonstration. Cross your arms in a comfortable position across your chest. 
Take a look at how you have them. You've just accessed your arm-crossing neural network, a small cluster of brain cells connected together and programmed for this behavior. Now take a really close look and notice exactly how they're crossed. Got it? Great, now try to do this cross in exactly the opposite way. That's right, you should notice that the first way is comfortable and automatic. You don't have to even think about it. But the new way is uncomfortable if you're able to do it at all. Many people experience a momentary brain freeze or confusion and others freeze up totally and can't do it at all. The new uncomfortable way is a new behavior for which you do not yet have a neural network. So you have to shift out of your right brain and into your left brain, if you're right-handed, in order to teach yourself how to cross your arms the opposite way. Now you could create a network for doing this the new way, but it would take several weeks of discipline and repetition. This is why changing habits and behaviors can be difficult. It's simply easier to do it the way we're programmed to do it. If you happen to be ambidextrous, you may be able to do it comfortably and easily both ways. This simply means that you have a neural network for crossing your arms both ways, writing with either hand or some other dual behavior. Now, you may already know that embedded within the internet are smaller networks like AOL or Google or MSN, and inside those networks are even smaller networks, embedded in networks, embedded in networks, all the way down to two or three computers that make up an average home network. The neural network of our mind is structured in this much the same way, though incredibly more complex and sophisticated. Inside this huge neural network are smaller networks, or cognitive maps as they're sometimes called, where clusters of neurons and dendrites are assigned to particular behaviors, memories, beliefs, thought patterns, etc. Dendrite and axon connections tie all of the neurons together to make up the internet of the mind. Each neuron has an axon and as many as 100,000 dendrites. Axons are the part of the neuron that packages and, by way of an electrical impulse generated in the neuron, sends chemicals called neurotransmitters out into a gap between the axon and the dendrites. The gaps is known as a synapse. Dendrites are responsible for receiving the electrical chemical impulse and sending them down the line to the cell body of the neuron they are attached to. These neurotransmitters, or neurochemicals, contain bits of data, hear, see, feel, taste, and smell data, sensory data. Dendrites receive the data, learning, and the axon sends the data, teaching. We begin growing and creating dendrite connections the moment we are conceived. Later on, we create networks for sitting up, walking, talking, reading, and so forth. A network contains explicit as well as implicit data for all of the skills, knowledge, emotions, beliefs, physiology, motor skills, thoughts, memories, and experiences that have to do with that function or behavior. We have networks for identity and self-esteem. We have networks for how to drive a car, how to swim, how to, how to be a good spouse, how to do your job. We weren't born with these networks. We had to create and grow them. For example, do you remember learning to drive a car? Remember how nerve-wracking that was? All of those things you had to learn, think about, 
remember all at the same time and then we had that person sitting next to us giving us instructions in a very high-pitched voice sometimes the rules of the road when to hit the brake dad teaching in a parallel park starting and stopping on a hill with a clutch taking your driver's test flunking the test most of us were definitely not born with a driving network installed but now most of us can do those things in our sleep how often do you drive from point a to point b and not remember the trip yep we have become one with the vehicle in other words driving has become automatic because we have developed a very sophisticated driving neural network my wife might disagree with that in my case we also have a limiting and unhealthy neural network devoted to addictions, self-sabotage, phobias, anxieties, depressions, and other unwanted feelings and behavior. But the good news is that the subconscious mind uses a process known as synaptic pruning to rewire these unhelpful neural networks. Networks you want to rewire or new ones you'd like to create, such as one for regular exercise, will take several weeks of consciously directing your attention towards it. With concentration, dedication, and discipline, it only takes several weeks, maybe up to six or eight weeks of effort, to feel like the new behavior is becoming part of you, or second nature. Continuing the behavior becomes easier and easier. When this happens, the new behavior has dropped beneath the surface of our awareness and is taken over by the subconscious mind. It becomes an automatic program, otherwise known as implicit memory networks. Remember the two ways to burn a neural network into your brain. It's through intensity and repetition. We'll talk more about that in another podcast. If you want to improve at playing the piano, what do you have to do? That's right, practice, practice, and then practice some more. Eric Clapton started playing the guitar early in his childhood. Some of us believe he has become one with the guitar. In most cases, it's not difficult to rewire an existing network or create a new one. In fact, new networks are frequently being created automatically on a regular basis. The result of new learning and significantly intense experiences are the reason for this. For example, on a special day in your life, perhaps the day of your wedding or the birth of a child, the intensity of that experience imprinted the sights, sounds, smells, and feelings of it into your brain, burning it into your neurology, if you will. Twenty years later, all you have to do is just think of it, or have an anniversary, or hear a song, or look through a photo album, and all of that comes back to you, magically, because that neural network has been reactivated. Now some people think that's what life is all about creating these memories that we can relive over and over again. Well, thanks for listening today. Next time we're going to take a more in-depth look at this supercomputer we call the human brain.